Welcome, everybody, to the one and only Harland Highway right here uh, on your internet. Coming from your internet, it's me, Harland Williams, through your internet or your Wi-Fi. Or maybe I'm just a voice in your head. <laughs> Probably a bit of everything, right? Well, what a show today. We're going to be talking. It's an interesting show. A uh, little little bit of a sad note that I'll tell you about. But uh, nonetheless, lots of laughs. little sentimental stuff here. I'm um, going to be talking about cameras and the pictures that they take. And cameras don't lie. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Miracle Cure WD-40. We're going to be talking about how the heck does one shop for clothes in this day and age. We're going to be talking about people and their bellies, their beer bellies, and how we're getting kind of proud of them. They're almost like a rite of passage, which is all wrong. And then lastly, some very sad news, a close dear friend of mine, a stand-up comedian that I came up through the ranks with, uh, has passed away this week very unexpectedly and uh, made me very sad. And so I'm going to spend a little time on this podcast reflecting, uh, talking about some of our experiences together, talking about his life, his career, a short little tribute to honor his memory. Uh, so I hope you'll ride along with me. It's going to be great right here on the Harland Highway. <laughs> you just made a wrong turn. Would you kindly shut your mouth? Onto the Harland Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harland Highway. Hi, Harland. I'm Teddy Ruxpin, and I'm your friend. Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy. Oh, hello. I'm Harland Williams, and you are here on the Harland Highway. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ooh, I went a little Michael Clark Duncan there. Welcome, welcome. Harland isn't here anymore, Mrs. Torrance. Danny wants to play Mrs. Torrance. All right, getting creepy. Um, Okay, speaking of creepy, um, think about what cameras do, okay? Cameras take pictures, and they freeze the imagery forever, and you look back at it, and you get to revisit what you just saw. Okay, so dig this. I'm... I'm in Vegas not too long ago, and I'm riding that little uh, train car that you have to take from the uh, from the terminal to the baggage claim. You know, some of the airports have the little uh, the little trolley car. So I'm sitting in that, and I'm at one end, and down at the other is a gaggle of middle-aged women probably coming to Vegas to try and reclaim their youth or whatever. Good luck. Um, and they're all sitting, hey, take a picture at me, take a picture, ooh, take a picture, here, get me. And then one of the girls uh, was sitting there and did the cheesy-ass pose, and she looked back at the picture, and she's like, oh, my God, take it again, my arms look fat. The other girl's like, no, it's okay, no, no, take it again, look at my arms, they look fat. 
Oh my god. Um Earth to uh Chunkella. Um if your arms look fat in the picture, lady, it's probably because the camera has captured your fat arms. That's what cameras do. They take images of exactly what's there. It's not the camera. It's not the person taking the picture. It's not the angle. You have fat, bloody arms, Jumbo. It just amazed me that this girl was so adamant about having her picture retaken. Like as if, uh, you know, from anywhere else in the room, her arms would miraculously be thin. Her arms would be uh, as if she, in between the picture that was taken and the time that she asked for a reshoot, somehow she was able to burn uh, about 63 pounds. I don't know if she thought she'd get down on the ground and do some power push-ups. Okay, snap away. Look at me. I'm like Karen Carpenter. Uh, you know what? Just a tip to you you people who are so vain when you get your pictures taken. If something looks fat in the image, well, guess what? It's fat and you're fat. I rest my case here on the Harland Highway. Hey, everybody, you're with Harland Williams here on the Harland Highway. And let's face it, bathing suit season is here, right? And it's time to get the body out and put it on display for the world to see. Now, you know what's kind of changed since probably like the uh, 30s, the 20s and the 30s? 40s. I guess there was a time when there was like shame in having a big gut. And I'm talking mostly about you men here, although some of you women have got some pretty big bellies going too. But nowadays, don't you get the feeling that, that for some guys it's almost like a status symbol? Right? It's like a uh, a uh, an accomplishment to have a giant beer gut. Instead of hiding it and covering it up, a lot of guys just flaunt it and leave it hanging out there, shading their feet from the sun. Look at me, man. This is a sign of the times, baby. I got a house. I got two cars. I pull in 14K a year. And look at this belly to prove it all. Come on, someone give me a raspberry pie and a mint chocolate chip milkshake. Yeah, man. Used to be a time when people would have castles and crowns. Now we aspire to having that big old belly. Let the world know we're doing well. Oh, well. Just don't fall on me by the poolside. Hey, hey, hey. It's Harlan Williams. Okay, who wants to hear a weird fact? Since we're on the, the chub the uh chublet. We're on the subject. I've got fat on the brain, people. We're on the subject of heavy. Did you know, and this is a weird fact, that elephants can't jump? Huh? Isn't that weird? Or is it weird? What am I talking about? They're the fattest friggin' things on the planet. That's like saying, uh, did you know a uh, a whale can't, um, you know, 
do the high jump. I don't know. Probably a whale could if the high jump was in the water, but can you believe an elephant can't jump? That's kind of weird, huh? So if there was like a beer barrel fell off the back of a truck and is rolling down the hill at an elephant, <laughs> Jumbo wouldn't be able to jump up and get out of the way. But then again, you're an elephant. Just kick the damn thing and smash it to crap. So there you go. Just a useless fact um, for you to know in case you ever end up on Jeopardy or something. <laughs> or if you're ever running at an elephant and hoping it gets out of your way, it will not jump. So there you go. You're going to hit it and bounce off. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, no. My my jaw. I can't I can't move my jaw. My my. my my jaw's stuck. Uh, hold on, hold on. L- let me get some WD-40 here. Hang on. A couple of squirts. Uh, uh, oh. Okay. Okay. One more squirt. Ah. There we go. My jaw's my jaw's working again. Oh, look at that. Mm. Yeah, it's moving all around, up and down. I'm talking. Now I can go eat. WD-40. Is it not just a miracle in a can? I mean, holy smoke. That's, they should just call it miracle in a can. You ever have anything rusted shut or something that just won't move? Like a, an old hinge on a door. And you get, there's just like 90 years of rust on there. You're like, man, I couldn't pull that out if I hooked my pickup truck to that. That is like 20 years of rust and corrosion. and That, that thing ain't going nowhere. I can't move that. Halt in the name of the law. Bring in the WD-40. Show me the rusty hinge. It's over there. Oh, my God. He squirted WD-40 all over that rusty hinge. What is he, crazy? Nothing can move that. <gasps> the door. It opens. Oh, it's a miracle. It's a WD-40 miracle. Yeah, that's stuff, man. You can use it on your shoe leather. You can wash dishes with it. I mean, this thing does everything but brush your teeth. I mean, it might even help out if you're uh, having a rough time with your sex life. Who knows? Unbelievable stuff. And the name WD-40, what, what does that mean? I don't know what it means. It's like some kind of secret chemical or compound that no one wants to share with the rest of the world. Or maybe it's a robot. I am WD-40. I will will remove all your rust. I don't know, man. I'm going to take my can of WD-40 and head over to Oz, see if I can find the Tin Man. Give it to him. Tell him to have fun on Saturday night. Hello! Ah, yes, WD-40, a miracle cure for anything. Uh, If only it could bring people back from the dead. And kind of an odd segue, but I think my buddy, who I'm about to talk about, would appreciate an odd segue. Um, A little sad news for me, and I, I like to share, you know, as much as I can of myself with you, my faithful listeners. And as you know, I live and breathe and circulate in the uh, stand-up comedy world. 
and a great stand-up comedian, uh, an acquaintance, a friend, a buddy, a colleague. Uh, a buddy of mine by the name of Eric Tunney has passed away. He was a, a, a really solid, good, great Canadian stand-up comedian, kind of an underrated, under-the-radar guy that, that probably never caught the big break in the United States that he was looking for, that he probably deserved. Um, but certainly was, uh, on the radar of everybody up in Canada where I started my stand-up comedy career. And, uh, Eric Tunney was one of those stand-up comedians who was innovative and had his own style and his own, uh, his own sense of, uh, wordsmanship, um, his own command of the stage, and he was one of those comedians that a lot of guys would come on their off nights and come and watch him work the room and do his thing. And, uh, you know, he took a bit of warming up, too. He was one of those guys, the first few times you saw him, you're like, uh, wait a minute, where you know, it's what... Uh, but then, as you started to kind of catch on to his tone, which was what kind of made him a master... When you caught on to his tone and his vibe and, and his cadence, you were hooked. He just he just got you, and you couldn't get enough of the guy. He was so fun to watch. Um, and poor Eric was uh, found uh, deceased in his home in uh, Windsor, Ontario this week, um, which was a shock to me and uh, a lot of people, everybody who knew him, and especially all his friends and fans, and and especially myself and and guys that were even closer to him from the Canadian comedy scene. And so I just thought I'd take a moment and honor his memory, and uh, you know, just kind of pay some tribute here in a small way. And let him know uh, if he's looking down how much I loved him and how much I appreciated him and how much laughter he brought into my life and so many other people's lives. Um, it was just great. He was a great guy to watch, a fun guy to hang around with, and um, he's going to be missed. And our condolences go out to him and his is. His, not him, but his family. Sorry, Eric, you're already up there, man. But I guess I'll send some out to you. But um, so I just wanted to talk about him and 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 mention him and be in the moment about him and and reflect, have a few uh, memories and funny times I shared with Eric. Um, Eric was a guy that was all about style. He, uh, he he was a sharp dresser. He was a very handsome-looking uh, guy, tall tall guy with, like, kind of short golden hair but, but styled it in the way Elvis did. He kind of slicked it back, and uh, it was always shiny, and he looked very sexy and, and uh, very attractive. Um, and he always wore uh, nicely tailored suits and stylish suits, kind of a retro look. And uh, he loved to hold a cigar in his hand. And, uh, you know, just one of those guys that created an ambiance about himself, kind of a vibe. And a, a, lot, of, a lot of the local comedians um, really liked that. Used to, a lot of them would kind of follow him around and kind of bask in his, his glow. Eric had a, his own personal glow. <laughs> and um, 
it was rare. You know, a lot, a lot of guys come out swinging with foul language and attitude, and, and a lot of comics these days think that volume and energy is the key to laughter. But Eric was just like a nice simmering cup of hot cocoa or coffee. He just kind of you sat back, and he slowly warmed you up, and before you knew it, you were just really enjoying him and savoring him and taking him in. And it was just kind of delicious, for lack of a better term, and uh, just just fun to watch. Uh, he had some catchphrases, and I always remember one of his uh, his catchphrases. It was just kind of ridiculous, but it always stuck with me. Just out of nowhere, he'd just go honk. <laughs> just he would say honk, but he would just go honk. <laughs> um, but he was very suave and. Uh, you know, before I left Toronto, Eric was getting into a, a show where he was kind of doing a half stand-up show and half singing. He had a little band he would bring on with them, and he'd he'd uh, he'd sing kind of old uh, retro classics. You know, um, way down in El Paso where everyone's pretty, la 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 la. You know, he'd do that kind of stuff, but in kind of a retro Sinatra rockabilly way and um you know some of the stories I remember with Eric the very first time I went to Las Vegas me and about 30 uh Canadian comics took a jet down there and we stayed at the uh, Holiday Inn on the Strip which is right across from Caesars <laughs> it no longer exists believe me are you kidding a Holiday Inn on the Strip but uh, me and Eric were roommates. We shared a room, and uh, I remember he was a you know a grown man, and he still brought a teddy bear. He had a little stuffed teddy bear that he put on his pillow at night. And uh, I think re- I remember I was in the room one day alone, and I I put something in the teddy bear's arms, like a carrot or uh, you know a roll of toilet paper or something. So when Eric came to the room that night, he had that. Um, I remember sitting with Eric and watching him play blackjack. I'd never really seen any, anyone play blackjack. And he, uh, he had a quick uh, little winning streak there where he, he won like $900 right in front of my eyes. And I was kind of like, oh my God, Eric, I worship you. And then we walked through the casino and went to a, a men's store and he bought a beautiful, brightly colored, uh, perfectly fit, uh, you know, evening jacket which was just perfect for, for Eric. And then uh, I'll never forget that night we got tickets and we went to see Frank Sinatra um, perform live, and I think it was at the Riviera. Um, and this was obviously before Frank passed away, and uh, Eric being kind of the fitting that kind of Vegasy mold almost um, as we walked in with our tickets he just somehow instinctively knew how to do this, and he pulled out a couple of 20s and just flashed them at the door guy, the the uh, maitre d' or the uh, host or whoever he was, and this old guy in a tuxedo just grabbed the money without saying a word and walked me and Eric and a couple of the other guys right down to the front uh, booth, the horseshoe-shaped red leather booth. <laughs> And we just kicked back and watched Frank Sinatra, man. And I don't know if there was anyone better to watch Frank with than Eric Tunney. Um, 
and uh, just the the style in which he got in there was great. Just uh, all in Eric's tone. And then we used to play baseball together on Sundays, and you know we'd all show up in jeans and t-shirts, and Eric would show up in the retro style Cincinnati Cubs, uh, you know, uh, baseball top and the and the uh, vintage uh, Cubs hat. I think it was the Cubs. And uh, the whole outfit, and th- that was Eric, man. He he was all about style, not just uh, in his physical appearance, in his fashion, but also kind of what brought me and him together, his stand-up comedy. Um, now, unfortunately, I don't have any clips of Eric um, because I searched through uh, YouTube and everywhere else, and I cannot find anything on Eric. The only thing I found was an obscure clip from a TV show that Eric hosted uh, back when he was just getting started. It was a cheesy Canadian variety show, and Eric would introduce uh, bands and do skits. And the clip I'm about to play you is not necessarily funny or entertaining, but it is Eric Tunney speaking and talking and uh, in this moment when I'm sharing his memory with you and kind of going down memory road for myself, I just wanted you to uh, hear Eric's voice, hear what he sounded like, and I've already described uh, what he looked like and kind of, in a nutshell, what he was all about. Believe me, there's so much more to Eric. I just touched on it. Uh, so take a listen to Eric, and then I'm, uh, I'll wrap things up when we come back. Uh, in loving memory, right here, this is the voice of my friend, Eric Tunney. Hey, one, can we get a shot of his base? Hold your base up so we can see where his hand is. Can you see that? Of course, all rock stars play the Phillips Milk of Magnesia base. All right, you guys going to do a song for us? This is yeah. one you wrote. This is a song Pete wrote. Pete wrote? And you guys are singing. Yeah. Okay. The Electric Sheep. So sadly, that is the only clip I could find of Eric anywhere on the Internet. And believe me, I really did search around. Uh, If I know Eric, if you're listening, buddy, Eric was a bit of a purist. Uh, Eric was a bit of a, uh, uh, what would you say, kind of just a... uh, he had his own style, and I could almost see Eric not wanting things of him up on YouTube just because he was so pure about his comedy. But that's just me guessing. Um, again, that was Eric's voice. And even in that short clip, just that he uh, you know, he compared a guitar to Philip's Milk of Magnesia, it's indicative of Eric's quirkiness, which... Even that little soundbite just just brought uh, brought some laughter to me. Um, but believe me, search Eric out if you can find stuff on Eric. It's well worth your while. A wonderful, wonderful uh, guy, comedian, and uh, maybe Eric will even appreciate um, the fact that I did pick such a or find such an obscure obscure piece of material on him. Uh, so let me wrap it up. I know everything here does not even come close to how much I would like to pay tribute to Eric, but Eric, if you're listening, just a little mention, buddy. They took you way too soon, but I know you're making them laugh upstairs. Love you, buddy. Miss you. And, uh, we will think of you often 
and always remember the laughter you provided. God bless, Eric Tunney. Honk! Okay, so we all need to buy new clothes from time to time. That can be traumatic. I'm a guy. I'm not great at it. I don't love it. Uh, But I wander into these shops, and I'm not as confident about buying clothes as maybe most people, or a lot of women are great at clothing. They understand it. They know about the fit and the form and the color coordinating and the styles, and I'm just like, yeah, where's the jeans on the uh, T-shirt, please? Right? So I kind of go in there low-key, hiding under my hat. I just kind of want to be left alone to figure it out because I'm too embarrassed to admit to anyone that works there that uh, I don't know what I'm doing. But sure enough, you're in Banana Republic or someplace, which is, by the way, a weird place to buy clothes because I feel like I'm at a fruit market. Yeah, man, I'm here for some bananas. And when I'm here, will you fit me for a nice suit, man? So I'm at Banana Republic, I'm wandering around, trying to hide, and all of a sudden, there they are. The perky little store attendant. Hi, may I help you? No, I'm, uh, I'm just looking. Well, let me know if I can help you find anything, okay? I'll be right here. Okay, thanks. Yeah, my name's Janet. You sure I can't help you find anything? No, Janet, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Okay, because I'm going to be right here. If you need anything, I'll be here to help you. Okay, Janet, simmer. Okay, I'll be right here. I'm Janet. Okay, and you kind of move away. Like, I better get out of the pants section, man. That chick's a little hello. So you move over to where the shirts are, right? You're like, okay, they're hanging up. I can just browse. I'll just look around at the shirts. And then all of a sudden, hi, I'm Daryl. How are you? Oh, hey, Daryl. How's it going? Hey, could I help you with something? Uh, no, I'm okay. Are you sure? I mean, we got these great new green shirts here. Why don't you try one on? I can help you. I'll go right into the locker room with you, help you take your shirt off, and help you put this one on. I bet you'd like that. Uh, no, Daryl, I'm okay. Okay, well, you let me know. I'll be right here, okay? Standing right behind you, you can probably feel my breath on the little ciliated hairs that are sticking out of your ears. I'm Daryl. Okay, Daryl, thanks, man. I'm going to go over to the shoe section. You want me to come with you? I could come too. No, I don't want either of you. So you try to get away. You're in the shoe section. Hi, can I help you? Oh, God. Yeah, can you help me just find a spot where no one's going to be? Could you find me? help find me a nice quiet spot where I won't be bothered by anyone in this store? Well, sure. Why don't you go down the street to Abercrombie Finch? Great. See you later. And could I get a dozen bananas to go? Yaman! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I'll just put on my trucker hat. Keep on rolling. Can I help you? Get lost! Oh, God. It's true. I'm terrible with clothes. And I played that one kind of uh, for my, my dear friend Eric Tunney, who, as I told you, was very good at picking out clothes and uh, always had incredible style. Um, I probably should have used uh, Eric to go with me when I was shopping. Um, thanks for hanging on the highway today, folks. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And, and thank you in, um, you know, sharing with uh, our my memory of Eric Tunney 
my friend. Uh, you know, a lot of you obviously didn't know who he was, and some of you might have. Um, if you're into saying prayers, say a little prayer for my buddy um, and his family. And uh, I appreciate you sharing uh, kind of a sentimental little moment there with me. Um, and that's what it's all about, man. That's why I do the podcast. It's it's uh, We're here for a short time. We got to laugh, right? So from me and Eric Tunney, until next time, chicken chow main, baby. Honk! Of course, all rock stars play the Phillips Milk of Magnesia bass. <laughs> <laughs>